Are you setting me up? Are you setting me up? <laughs> you know what I gotta say. Oh, I'm, I'm oh. contractually obliged to say it as a New Yorker, as the stereotype of a New Yorker. Hey, I'm fucking walking here. <laughs> We are we are on today to play some Call of Cthulhu. We'll be playing Seventh Ed, newest version, as far as I know, unless there's something crazy going on out there. And we're going to be doing a an adventure that uh, my wife is actually creating called the Language of Flowers. So this will be the first playthrough of the adventure, uh, and the two. Um, Walking corpses, I mean players, uh, will be joining us here. We'll go over with them in just a second. So we'll be playing 1920s Detroit uh, and rumping around uh, kind of the uh, southeast of uh, Michigan, having some fun around there. And with that, why don't we kind of get started? But why don't uh, we have you two kind of go through your characters a little bit, and then we can get started. So why don't... uh, Fives, you go first, and then Armadillo, you can go a second. Sure. My character is uh, the one Clarence Clyde Williamson, a little bit of a small town boy out of Wisconsin, who is currently residing in the lower Chicago, as fate would have it. He's Stands a little on the taller side, about six foot three. He's also on the silver side of middle-aged at 50 years old. An average weight, 220 pounds for being a six foot three guy. He's a little bit wirier, a little bit lankier, but he's definitely got some strength about him. You can tell by his scarred and overused, overworked hands. He's got some chipped fingertips from what looks to be hard, hard labor. And he runs with salt and pepper hair, uh, bushy but kept beard. It's interesting because we were just talking about beard oil and grooming. And he's of moderate means. So you never see him wearing a flash coat and leather jackets. He's much more of a, a duster and fedora man. Much more of the classic 20s era. And you may or may not smell a whiff of smoke about him as he does seem to enjoy lighting up like most people did in the 1920s. But that is Clarence Clyde Williamson that you would catch at a glance. Awesome. Thank you. Are we to do? Yes, I am playing a walking corpse. Uh, you stand at a very hefty uh, 150 pound of decomposing flesh. Uh, no, no, no. Um, I will be playing Paul Wallace. Um, as his uh, professional name is uh, Pavel Walzak, uh, is a, uh, a sort of average build uh, in terms of uh, height and weight. He's probably only like 160 pounds, 170 pounds, 5'9", um, 5'10", um, son of uh, Polish immigrants and uh, in Detroit to uh, help uh, extra family that have come over recently uh, and moved to Detroit for some of those um Employment opportunities. Um, he is just a not a not a, a face only a mother could love these days. Um, Paul is a professional boxer, but has just absolutely a messed up face, cauliflower ears, uh, 
nose broken so many times that uh, you got more, you know, more switchbacks on that nose than a mountain pass. Um, and uh, he's he's wiry. He's got the build, though. He probably fights at uh, a welterweight, maybe. Um, but um, he is got the build uh, in a slightly more compact size and um, is from the greatest city on the planet, New York City, baby. <laughs> so it. we might have some trouble with some small town boys here. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. No. So the one thing I, I forgot to ask, so for each of you, um, typically you have kind of a, a means about you. So I know, Clarence, you do a lot of stonework and stuff like that. And Paul, you kind of have your your kind of boxing going on. Do you guys have your own places? Do you have, uh, you know, uh, like a, a art studio, that type of stuff? I think, um, yeah. So for... Clarence, he probably lives in like I think I'm thinking 20s, like starving artist, but not not quite starving. So I'm thinking he's probably got a loft with a roommate. You know, Chicago's a very urban setting, and uh, sharing the space and sharing the rent makes it easier for him to take care of his mom, who was in is it Grand Rapids, a little mm-hmm. bit outside of Chicago, and she's in. You know, he's. He's got her hold up because, of course, his dad passed away, right? So I think it's like an artist loft kind of vibe with a with a roommate. Paul has uh, probably jumps between three places in Detroit. Um, he definitely owns something back in New York, uh, but out here uh, it's staying in the spare bedroom of the aunt and uncle that he is helping adjust to life in America here in Detroit. Um, and then he probably bounces around between uh, flop houses and um, like uh, sort of mid-rate lower end hotels just for nights or two that he needs to spend some time away from the, the family. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then with that, you guys, are we're going to start you at the local diner getting some breakfast. Um, we'll say we want to do you two want to start knowing each other or are you kind of wayward souls that are running into each other? I was going to say, you know, is one of the places that uh, Paul bops between, you know, his buddy Clarence's couch at the loft. But that's uh, I'm open to either. I could see a a situation where we are um, uh, acquainted with each other. Um, I think uh, I think that uh, the struggling artist and Paul uh, would probably share some spaces um, bumping around through a bunch of different um, like flop houses and places just to take like quick beds. Um, maybe the, the, you know, the, a private room at a hostel or a flop house is still nothing. Right. Um, but yeah. it's, a, it's enough privacy for, uh, Paul to get out and, uh, you know, uh, take care of things while he's away from the family. Um, mm-hmm. and so I think, uh, some of those common rooms, you know, uh, that is those shared spaces. We might've run into each other at some point. I imagine either, but either directly encountered or like you might've been at one of these places looking for a friend, you know, a, a fellow struggling artist who's maybe doing a little bit worse than you. And, you know, they live at the flop house kind of thing. Um, sure. So I, I think we're both no strangers to the diner. Um, and have probably seen each other in a couple places. We probably know similar people. It's like one of those things where like, if you go to the same establishment long enough, you know the wait staff or you know the help or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so you've mm-hmm. probably been there enough to recognize and like that's like the mutual friend. 
you know, we both show up at the diner and, and we're both like, Susie's not working the day. I wonder why she's always here on Monday day or like Monday mornings. Mm-hmm. I think it's that kind yeah, of, I think that. that kind of a connection. That works. Yep. That sounds good to me. And your, your artist buddy that you were looking for, uh, is named Tim Schaefer. Um, and you haven't okay. seen him for a while in all honesty. So just keep that in mind and haven't been yeah. able to locate him. Uh, but, uh, you, it's the morning of, uh, May 16th, 1920. Uh, the, the city is starting to wake up a little bit. Um, a lot of people are tending to go into the diner, you know, get some, get some breakfast, some coffee. Um, it's the morning is, um, moderately chilly. Um, it's definitely, you know, kind of that morning where you'd want a jacket. Everybody's kind of hunched over, pulled their jacket close in, kind of holding, holding the, uh, the seam together at the front of their jacket to keep the warmth in. You know, they have their, their nice hats on as much as they can to keep warm. And, you know, getting in the diner, you have the the coat rack at the front. Everybody's kind of hanging them up. It's a nice kind of inviting place, to be honest. And it's it's a nice deli. Um, has all sorts of nice things. Good coffee in the morning. Um, you can get kind of what type of food you would like. Typical breakfast type of food at the time. Um, pancakes, you know, that type of stuff. As you guys are sitting there, you know, kind of chit-chatting kind of after you haven't seen each other for a little while and just kind of catching up. The waitress is, you know, kind of stopping over to talk to you for a second and the the front door of the deli opens up and a wool scarf wrapped around her graying head. The waitress looks up as as this lady walks in and uh says, "Oh, Miss Miss Carmine. Uh hello." And you two know Mrs. Carmine um and in fact recently um you know that her husband just passed away pretty recently um and she definitely has a daughter that that you guys both know as well she comes into the diner regularly um before um getting on the trolley and going to you know a better part of the town from where you guys are and she works at a flower shop and looking at Mrs. Carmine as she comes in you can tell she's wringing her hands, you know, with a little bit of crumpled paper uh, there as well. And she looks older. There's a lot. It seems like there's a lot more wrinkles on her face and her eyes are kind of darting around the diner um, quite a bit. Um, Kind of that nervous, like looking around, trying to figure out what, what she wants to do and is not quite finding it. Um, you know her to be around 50 years old, but she looks much older than that right now. And as she kind of is scanning the room, you know, furtively, she she catches a glimpse of of you two um, and the waitress. And she kind of comes over and, and like kind of stands in front of your your booth that you've got. I'm kind of blocking you in there a little bit. Uh, and she says, please, please, you, ha- you have to help me. But Poppy hasn't come home yet. And. The waitress, as she's kind of got the coffee mug over uh, Paul's coffee mug, and she kind of looks over at um, this lady, and she's like, "Come home, come home from where?" Uh, and the lady's like, "I, I don't know. Uh, you people were her. You knew her. Uh, you you got to help me find her. I kn- I knew these ideas of hers were going to get her in trouble. I I called the police, of course. Uh uh." Because I thought she might have gotten arrested or something, uh, but 
but they they weren't interested at all and said they they don't know they don't know where she is i i don't know where she is either i i i um they they said she probably ran away but but poppy would never leave me she she'd never leave that she she works she brings home money for me just just after my husband died too she she wouldn't do that she wouldn't do that no no especially not after dear alfred passed um and so as she starts going on is, mm-hmm. it, is it the moment? Is it the scene? Are you good? <laughs> and uh, right about then, you know, she's doing that. The waitress, you know, brings over a chair uh, for for uh, Miss Carmine to um, collapse in. And she kind of collapses in there and she's still kind of wringing her, ha- her hands um, and, and looking at you guys quizzitively. Oh, I think uh, uh, Paul's just been like eating through this whole thing, just sort of like not even looking at her, just sort of eating down. <laughs> There's probably a moment like when she first comes in, he's like, "Oh, Clarence, your girl's in trouble. Your sweethearts need some help." But, um, as as she gets going more and more, like you know, not an opportunity for for him to respond. It's like Jesus Christ, I didn't ask for your your whole life story. Um. So you know, well, well, Paul is muttering away into his eggs and steak or <laughs> whatever he's oh, chowing on yeah. there. Yeah. He seems like a hearty boy. Uh, Clarence is going to you know, soothe, work on soothing Mrs. Carmine, you know, fan her with the newspaper he he was reading. He folds it back up and starts fanning. Hey, hang on now, Mrs. Carmine, hang on. So, so Poppy, um, did, did she go to work last night? Like, I mean, we might have an idea where she hangs out, but did she, did she not come home after work or did she just go out for the day? How long have you not, how long have you noticed she was missing? Well, well, um, it, it, it wasn't yesterday. She, she it's been two days i i haven't seen her in two days uh she she left on wednesday morning to go to work uh promising to stop by the grocers on on the way home uh to see about picking up some flour we we were gonna make some bread that night together um which i was really looking forward to it and 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 i haven't i haven't seen her since then she's gone she got like a boyfriend or something you know can she be out well well yeah she she's she's been she's been seeing the guy at the at the at the flower shop that she she works with, um, they they've been doing some stuff. Um, I oh, some stuff, I, huh? <laughs> well, Clarence well, is going to kick Paul under the table. Oh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, no, um, we're real concerned about it. Yeah, she's a good girl. <laughs> well, I I swear it's those weird books she's been reading too. There's got to be something with that. What? So, all right, hang on. So she's been doing weird stuff with the boyfriend. Shoots Paul a look, oh, he, and he she's been like hiding a smile. <laughs> like, mm. yes. See, Cedric, and she's, she's reading weird books. Okay, oh, Cedric. Oh, that sounds better and better. Cedric, who works at the flower shop. Well, not. Hang on, hang on. Not just no, no judgments here. I've definitely bought some flowers from Cedric. He's a nice kid, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Carmine. He's a nice kid. He's a good kid. So what have you got any of these books she was reading or are those back at the house? Like what are we how weird? What what do you think they've been up to? Well well I I I'm not sure. She, she um the, there's definitely some some books uh uh back in back in her room at the at the house. Um uh, you know I've heard her talking about some Egyptian, you know, kind of religious rites uh and ghosts and and that type of stuff. I I I I, I don't I don't know what to make of it, you know. I I just figured it was you know kind of stories and stuff like that. Um, uh, and and she she got really interested in in kind of life after death when you know dear Alfred uh, was really sick. 
Um, and and didn't like the the versions our our priest was telling told told her. And she kind of got as she says that last part, she gets kind of quiet, and she's also furtively kind of looking around a little bit too. Um, sure. I think while she's talking again, uh, Paul's like he's taken a, a biscuit, uh, cut it in half, and is like applied jam to it, and just like slides <laughs> it over to her, and just like, why don't you have a bite? Collect your thoughts, you know, and just she, slow down, all right? Just take a minute, take a breath. She she like while she's talking, and you slide it over, she. It doesn't even seem to register that you've passed it over, but she grabs the plate and she holds the toast and it's just shaking in her hand. Um, and she's like, you know, and I, I, you know, with her doing that, like I've always, I've always stayed away from that sort of reading. And I, you know, I prefer the, you know, the lives of the saints instead of, of, of course. Oh, naturally. Cause we all love the saints. Of course we do. And I think he like flashes a little bit. Um, he definitely wears a star of David around his his neck. Um, it's probably a little ostentatious. Probably like a, a gold chain with a a star on it. It's like, oh, the saints. Tell me more. Um, oh, I, I, I'm but, sorry. I didn't mean 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 to offend you. I I I. No, 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 no. It's all right. It's all right. But uh, yeah, no. Your your girl's a good one. You know, it's uh, she probably they probably just ran off together for a weekend. She forgot to tell you, or you know, he tried to surprise her or some shit. But we can take a look. Maybe we figure out where. Uh, what kind of places they might go? Yeah, well, you know, other play her friends. I, I I went to talk to her friends too, and and they haven't they haven't seen her. Uh, Miss Fanny Boyle that she goes and sees all the time, who's who's head of the local chapter on women for equal rights. Uh, uh, you, you know them. Uh, they they none of them have seen her either. Have you have you been out to the flower shop yet? Over across the, across the town. I I I I I haven't gone all the way over there. Uh. But, but, um, uh, uh, I had some people, I, ha- I had a friend of mine go down there and, and look and, 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 uh, she hasn't been there. Paul puts like another sausage link into his mouth and he's like, yeah, we'll talk to Fanny. I know Fanny. Ooh, girl. We'll talk yeah. to a couple others. Mrs. Carmine, I think you've given us some of the, um, some of the pieces to sort of start looking into this here puzzle, but why don't you go, uh, or hang out here. Susie, or no, wait, Susie's the one who wasn't worried. Waitress, will get you a cup of coffee, and we'll we'll work through some of these ideas about where we should be going next. I feel like the flower shop's a good place to start. Uh, Paul here thinks we should start with Fanny Boyle. Let's let's get some wheels turning. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Awesome. and 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 if you if you if you like to to see if there's anything in in Poppy's room, I could I could always let you let you in there too, and 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 you could look around and see if there's there's anything you can find. I I I. I, I don't know what to look for in there, so so um, uh, you, uh, you know, that if that would help. I'm curious about these books. The I got a sharp eye. Yeah. Well, uh, why don't why don't you tell us like where we can find you, where you guys live, and then we'll do a couple rounds and we'll come back over and you know we'll come to call. Oh oh, oh okay. Um, and and you well you you guys know where I I live. It's just you know kind of down the street a little bit and. Um, you know, the, the flower shop is more, more, more toward, uh, more toward downtown. Um, um, if you're, if you're headed that way, the, the tram goes there, of course. Yeah. Where are we, at? We, we got that lady. We just, you know, where, where we're coming back to is the question really like we can, we'll sort it. Okay. Don't you worry, pretty little lad. We'll find Poppy, you know, we'll, we'll talk to Fanny. It's easy peasy. You no, know, it's, I'm, I'm telling you, probably just went away for a weekend with the boy. I didn't tell you nothing, but, uh. 
you know, we'll we'll check. She's a good lady, you know, uh, sweet kid. Okay, well, I'll I'm I'll I'll head home here, and and, and if you guys stop by, just just knock on the door, of course, and and uh, I'll I'll help you out. We'll maybe get her a couple of other books too, you know. Uh, I think there's uh, some more literature out there than just uh, Lives of the Saints. You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, okay, okay. All right. So she she gets up and uh, kind of like she gets up and kind of start like absentmindedly like going to go do something and and um, she definitely you know is is not quite working through where she's at at the moment she she's bumping she bumps into someone on her way out she oh 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 sorry about that um and and kind of gets the door um and and starts walking outside and in fact the waitress looks up and and goes oh my goodness I'll, I'll be right back and runs and grabs her jacket from the uh, coat hanger and runs out into the the street and uh you know puts it on miss carmine and mrs carmine barely notices and just like oh thank, thank you and she's still she's still kind of wringing her hands, and you can see the the little piece of paper that she had in her her hands, sort of like still like just sipping coffee and like shoving down like sausage links and like watching her out the door, going, "Dang, she uh, thank God I don't gotta get hits." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's, she's definitely bothered. Um, she's wringing a piece of paper in her hands. I miss that that beat. So, uh, Paul, do you think? We should go and take a look at these books and get maybe a better idea what uh, what little Poppy's been getting into. Or do you want to kind of go into this blind here? You know, I'll follow your lead. I'm not, I don't do with the books so much, but, uh, you know, I'm, it's, maybe that's the ticket. I don't know. I'm pretty convinced it's probably just her and the boy went out. But, uh, you know, sure, let's uh, let's go wander into this lady's house and just look through her daughter's books. That seems real real nice. That seems, you know, private. I mean, she's look. I hear look, you. Look, but where she's I'm been from, everybody just keeps to their own. You understand? I mean, but she brought her own to us, no? Whatever you say, boss. Let's just you pick one. I don't let's got, let's. I don't got nothing. I'm gonna. Today. Clarence, Clarence is gonna. You know, you, you you he's gonna like motion at the plate, like just wave his hand at it, and he's gonna get up to go run after Mrs. Carmine and, and flag her down. Mrs. Carmine, Mrs. Carmine, and pull her. You know, pull her up short. I'll, We're gonna. Uh, I'll race after you after I shove like what you left on your plate in my mouth, <laughs> uh, just like grabbing like so- using a biscuit to like sop up that gravy, whatever else is in there, you know, like grab mm-hmm. a piece of ham, just roll it all up together, uh, <laughs> like create a breakfast sandwich on the fly, and just like like shove it in the face and like walk out after him and like toss um toss a couple of dollars or whatever I sort of know is gonna cover our our costs here on the table and and. Like, with a mouthful of food, like, wave at the, the waitress and, like, say something, but totally unintelligible because of what's in the mouth. Yep. Yep. But I'll follow behind him. Okay. Uh, you go, you go running out, um, after, after Mrs. Carmine, and, uh, you can catch up to her, and she's, 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 it, she looks focused on what she's doing. She's barely paying attention. Um, and in fact, you, you kind of run out into the road after her because she was almost about to get hit by a car. She was just absentmindedly kind of um, going out into the road. Are you setting me up? Are you setting me up? <laughs> you know what I got to say. Oh, I'm, I'm oh. contractually obliged to say it as a New Yorker, as the stereotype of a New Yorker. Hey, I'm fucking walking here. 
<laughs> yeah. Just just shaking my fucking fists at the this whatever car it was. I'm fucking walking here, you goddamn newfangled fucking automobiles. <laughs> the the person in there um <laughs> uh kind of puts his head out the side. Well, I I, I and it's this it's a well-dressed gentleman, kind of clean cut. And he he pokes his head out the window. He's like, oh, "Sorry about that." It, it, she just kind of walked out into the road. Uh, I'd like to I'd like to break uh, the the dice uh, in and uh, just for my own uh, desire, try to intimidate him. Just be like, "Fucking drive around." Oh, 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 okay. Sorry, sorry. Jeez. And he'll he'll kind of get away from you as fast as possible. Clarence is uh, going to, you know, scoop Mrs. Carmine out of the road and, and, you know, take her under an arm, under a wing there as Mm -hmm. Paul has words with the driver or words at the driver, I should say. Yep. Yep. Okay. And you can, you can get her out of the, get her out of the road um, pretty easily. She's, you know, she again recognizes you. She still has a, a real odd look about her with her eyes kind of darting everywhere. She's, she's pretty worried at the moment. Um, yeah. and, and, uh, uh and oh, 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 are you, are you, are you coming back to, back to my place? Um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and walk you, walk you home there, Miss Carmine. Just make sure you get across the street safely and get you back under your own roof. And what, what have you got there? What's it's, you seem pretty upset, but you're destroying that piece of paper. Is that just today's rag? Uh, um, uh, this, uh, uh, I, I, I found it in in the house, uh, and and it's it's kind of, um, kind of weird. I, I I can show it to you when we when we get back to the back to the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's do. Let's let's head on home. Let's get you sat down and maybe a nice cup of coffee, right? Okay. Okay. Um, we we can do that. Um, all right. So you guys, uh, you guys can walk to her place. She, she and Poppy and and her husband, you know, um, weren't super rich but they also you know weren't weren't uh you know living in a cardboard box type of idea so they have a pretty decent house um you know a couple bedroom house uh with a you know a little bit of a hedge going around the front yard um and you guys she'll walk you right in and uh you know the first thing she does is she walks in takes off her jacket and immediately goes to the kitchen and starts prepping a tea kettle um and as you guys are are there you realize um that she's making some you know some tea um and you know about halfway through making you know two cups specifically she starts making two cups and she looks down it and she kind of puts her hand over her mouth and she's like oh my goodness and she pushes the one cup uh kind of up and she she turns around and looks at you guys uh, uh, can i can i get you a a, a, a cup of tea paul probably just sort of like wave his hand non-committally um but can I get a beat on this reaction of hers? Um, do like a psychology check or something? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Okay. Flat success. Okay. So with a flat success, uh, you're you're of the assumption that she was making tea for her and Poppy. Um, and and the cup that was there, they they look more they don't look like the newest cups. They look like they're regularly used. So this looks like kind of a you know, kind of one of those things that, you know, she'd always do when Poppy was home response. type of idea. She went into autopilot and then got, yep. got spooked by her own autopilot, basically. Yep, yep. That's what I think. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, okay. Um, 
uh, I think like Paul feels a little bad now. I think he's going to try to lean into it and be like, oh, "Tea sounds lovely. That would be delightful. Thank you." <laughs> I think Clarence is going to kind of shift. Gray. <laughs> uh, Clarence is going to kind of shift over to like as soon as they get inside. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to let like that that first autopilot scene, get her in the door. He's not going to like immediately start trying to get that paper out of her hands, but he's going to start taking in the apartment. Um, you know, are there dust rings on the wall? Is there stuff missing off the countertop? Just kind of that analytical step in the door. Are there things missing? Did she steal from the house and run away? Or, you know, is everything look like, look like how it's supposed to look in here? Yeah. What what do you what are you using for that? Like, what skill do you want to use for it, and how do you how do you want to play that out? Appraise, because I want to know what to take. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, are you doing like? Uh, is there? a... am looking for like a notice or a you know what? I'm trying to look. There's no search, or would it be a spot hidden? There, you no. Know, could... But I don't really know what I'm looking for. It's more of a just. Does this look like a normal, happy, healthy home? You know. You could probably uh, tie in like a psychology role if you wanted to. A spot hidden would work for it because you're kind of looking for what would look out of out of place. Um, you know, I could. I might go for a spot hidden then. I'll, okay. I'll run a spot hidden. So for rolling in FGU for Cthulhu, do I just drop percentiles down or do I click and drag the skill? The number on the skill. Yep. Oh, okay, cool. Worked for me. And then in in seventh ed, the way it works skills is if you get below your your success based on a normal difficulty you you succeed so for example your spot hidden is a 65 you get below that if it's a difficult roll you have that number and you have to get below that and if it's kind of that ungodly hard like you know olympic level type of um feats and things like that or you know you're trying to spot hidden of uh, kind of like a hawk can see type of level of spotting hidden, then you take one-fifth and you need to roll below that. This would be kind of a normal roll, so definitely succeed. Yeah, we got a uh, 24 out of 65 for a hard success. Yep. Uh, so looking around the house, um, you can tell that this is definitely someone who has been recently widowed. There's, you know, kind of like like in the movie um, Up, right? You have the two chairs sitting by the window, um, both a little different from each other. And you can tell that, you know, one looks um, like it hasn't been sat in as as recently. And the other one is the one that she would typically be, be sitting in. Um, and there's kind of a, a small couch um, sitting next to them that uh, you would guess that Poppy would use when they'd have their tea in a small table there um, that they could set their tea on and, and drink there. Um, the pictures on the wall um, don't speak of anything terrible or anything like that. Um, you know, some some normal family pictures, um, not a ton of them. Um, and uh, you can see, you can definitely see a little bit of that um, wear and tear on someone's psyche after something like that. So you like looking in the, into the kitchen, you can tell that, um, there's some, some dishes in the, in the sink, um, and stuff like that. And there's, um, some bread that you can kind of tell has been out there for longer. Like she hasn't been, been doing well necessarily at least the last two days and also losing her husband recently. Um, it doesn't look like she's doing the best over the last couple of days, but there's nothing in here that's 
jumping out at you that like there's been some some trauma or a fight or anything like that that's happened uh, that you can tell okay all right all right so clarence you know after taking a look around sort of taking the all in and, and setting this place in his mind he said uh mrs carmine which which room is poppy's um i'm gonna let you make the tea with paul here and i'm gonna go take a look uh okay i i, I can bring it up to both of you if you if you both want to go go up there um I'll, i can show you really quick while the while the water's heating up i don't know if books are really his thing he's gonna lean in and say it loud enough for paul to hear <laughs> Paul, there's a lady present. A box. I'm not uneducated. I mean, I'm not well educated, but that doesn't mean I'm an idiot. They're not mutually <laughs> exclusive. I know. I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Carmine is looking Clarence at is the two be... of you going back and forth, and she's she's still kind of wringing her hands, like she doesn't know what to do at this point. She's she's got that yeah. quizzical look, like I. I, I, I uh, he's gonna roll his eyes and and take her by the hand. All right, Mrs. Carmi, let's go upstairs. Show us which room is Poppy's, and then you can make that tea. And oh. what's uh, what's on that paper you were gonna show us? Uh, uh yeah. Um, uh, and she'll she'll uh, come on up. I'll, I'll I'll show you where I got it. Uh, um, is there gonna be enough time? I think based on the layout of this house to like slip into the kitchen for a minute. Uh, she starts going upstairs. Um, there is a second floor to the house. Um. And it's not a huge house, uh, but it's also she's she's not going up the stairs the fastest. So you think you've, you'd have a you know a few seconds certainly to uh, pop in the kitchen. It's like think of like a four corner house type of idea. So the kitchen's just kind of off right of the entryway, um, and the kind of living room I was talking about is on the the left side. So as she's going up the stairs, you can literally just walk three steps into the kitchen. Yeah, I basically like she's gonna lead Clarence up the stairs. I'm gonna follow behind them in a minute. But if you know, probably she's not making haste. So I just kind of want to dip into the kitchen and like actually like look through their cupboards and stuff for like a quick second. Okay. okay. I, I Paul Paul has an idea of like things um like that could happen in a a family with a recent tragedy. So he's kind of looking to see like. Have they resorted to like this is prohibition era still? So I was like, are we, are we drinking on the side? Are we like trying to, uh, you know, get away with anything here? Of like, uh, are we self medicating and in some sort of way is is what he thinks is probably happening? And, and like between, between either her or the daughter. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, you can certainly do that. It's not going to take long. There isn't a ton of stuff here. But why don't you give me a roll? What are you going to use for it? How are you going to uh, go through yeah. and? look through the room uh if i needed to i was gonna you know try to sneak away into the room and so be stealthy but i don't think he's gonna bother if she's already heading up the stairs with uh clarence and if he can like if they're talking to each other um then he's basically just gonna use that as his cover and i would probably just go for for spot hidden but i would probably like opening like drawers and cupboards and like really digging in a little bit deeper okay yep go ahead certainly works and yeah they're they're talking so you're pretty sure that you know, lightly opening stuff isn't going to necessarily alert her. Okay. Uh, and you succeed at that role, certainly. Um, it's really easy to go through the cupboards and, like, um, the icebox and that type of stuff. Um, and, and kind of running through there, you you don't see anything like you're talking about, the self-medication part. Um, you know, you you see, you find, like, that there's a fair amount of tea in here that you find 
you know, normal stuff. It looks like, uh, certainly you go, you know, into the ice box, the, the food looks like it's, it's not been taken well care of. It looks like the milk might have spoiled in there. Definitely like a smell in it too, then like, yep. just like, yep. Ugh. Yep. It looks like she, it looks like it might've been that the, the fridge door was, or the, the ice box door was left open for a while type of idea, that type of stuff. Um, but other than that, normal normal type of stuff in the in the kitchen. Probably, probably gonna try and do the same kind of thing upstairs, wherever their like uh, bathroom is. But in this time, look for like medications and stuff. But uh, for the moment, I'm just gonna gonna sort of hustle back up the stairs behind uh, Clarence. Yep. Yep. By the way, just as an aside, uh, uh, with the uh, with you fives, what do you do? You think do you think that we're close enough that there's any nickname potential between us? Um. Yeah, if it's uh, asshole and fucking retard, but <laughs> you know, I think that it's it's, I think it's definitely like just sort of a grudging, like you know, I know you well, but not well enough. But it's like I think Clarence is of a temperament, and you probably would have sussed this out. It looks like you rolled psychology, so you have some psychology. Like he's easygoing enough that it's you. You have nicknames for Clarence, while he may not have nicknames for you. They didn't like it. Exactly. Uh, because what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, no, I was just sort of like wondering like if like what he probably calls you, he probably just does call you Clarence. Uh, unless he knows that there's some name you don't like. Like if you didn't like your middle name, but he knew it, <laughs> he would definitely <laughs> call you that. <laughs> uh, I think I don't know that he would know the middle name just just yeah, yet. Yeah. Uh, um, maybe too pedestrian for that, but Clarence and I'm sure you'll come up with something. Maybe calls him clarinet when he feels like Clarence is being whiny or some shit. He's already zeroed in, I think on CW. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, speaking of which, I think it's likely that you would know, uh, after hanging out. And if we do have like a common friend that, um, that his real name is Pavel, right. And that he's, uh, a, okay. you know, of Polish descent. Okay. With that. Anyway. But yeah. Well, as soon as I said, like, follow Clarence up the stairs, I was like, dude, does he call him Clarence? I wonder. He is. All right. All so so after you've kind of searched through the, the kitchen a little bit, are you heading right upstairs? Like I said, he's got a he's got a plan in mind, you know, whether or not it makes sense or, you know, is accurate. That's the way Paul thinks. It's like there might be something else in this equation to like this stress or like the daughter. So he's going to try and get a, basically get a tour of the home and find out where the bathrooms are and like sneak that in later. But he's not going to start right now by just wandering around the bottom of the house. If they're going upstairs, he's going to follow them upstairs. Okay. So, uh, you can follow him upstairs and the two of them are kind of up there talking, um, a little bit. She's, she's not doing the best at conversing. Um, so you kind of get up there and she's, she's like, Oh, Oh, there you are. I, I I was wondering if you got you got lost. Uh, no, I just uh, tied my shoe. Put my uh, coat on the rack over there. Oh, oh, okay. Um, uh, so she she opened. She's like, this is this is Poppy's room here. Uh, I'll 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 leave you guys to it. Uh, and and uh, go finish the tea. Uh, uh so uh, I'll br- I'll bring it up. Uh, once once it's done. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you. Yes, too kind, Mrs. Carmine. Too kind. So. Uh, door to her room uh, is nothing um, too fancy. It's pretty normal door for the time. Uh, opening the room, um, her room is also a pretty simple affair. She's got, 
you know, whitewashed wood walls, uh, simple dormer, and the windows that look down onto the front walk. Um, there is a book that's open on the desk as well. Um, and the room is, you know, orderly, um, also has a, you know, a wardrobe in it. You can kind of see some clothing in there. It's not fully closed. Um, and you also see like, um, a decoration that she has, which is a kind of black geometrical, uh, crystal on the windowsill. Part of me wants to say, and Clarence backs out of the room and goes back to the diner. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think, um. Paul just like starts moving into like almost everything you mentioned. Like he opens the wardrobe fully and just starts like, you know, looking through the clothes and, you know, there could be a moment where it's like, this probably has nothing to do with the investigation. There's probably nothing that we can learn here, but he's just, just immediately was like, what is this? What is everything? Um, and unless like Clarence has like some thing to go back and forth with, he'd probably just go around until he reached that, that, uh, sort of strange geometric, um, decoration and just like immediately pick it up and like give it a once over <clears throat> yeah no clarence doesn't have anything specific he's probably going to uh either roll a psychology or a spot in because mrs carmine specifically mentioned the book so he kind of wants to go around the room and start you know what book is open on the desk what was she reading last and what's next to it what was her reading list looking like you know are there things that leap out at him etc uh, so what do you, what do you two want to do first? What do you, I uh, think we've talked about the black crystal. One of you want to look at that. One of you wants to kind of look around the room and see what you can find. The black crystal and sort of try to gauge whether it has any significance to, uh, anything I know. Um, they have a little bit of a cult, which I would probably maybe try to apply if it looks like it belongs to any, the symbology belongs to anything that I know. Um, uh, I think that's probably the first thing because he's like Paul's gonna let Clarence have first crack at like books if they're in there. Okay. Um. So you pick up the crystal and start looking at it. It it kind of resembles uh, smoky quartz, but the but you know kind of um, if you have any geology, um, it's it seems a little too clear. Um, and you kind of mentioned you know occult and looking at that. So why don't you as you're looking at this. Give me an occult roll. Glean anything off of it. That's too much for me. Yep. And then Clarence, if you also want to roll as he's kind of looking at it, you can... Okay. I can flip an, flip an occult over the shoulder. I was just thinking in the 20s, you know, there wasn't Google, Wikipedia, or emo teenagers. Like, was Wiccan, you know, would the common man have known that a religion like that still existed? Um... Well, like that, there's, there's definitely stories out there. Just, just like nowadays, there's, you know, kind of fantastical stories of, of various things. Like, you know, she started talking to you about, you know, Egyptian type of, um, lore and mythology that she was mentioning in the diner and you guys didn't, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. So you do know of that occult type of stuff is out there. It's not necessarily too surprising to you. Um, but like that, as you with your roles, you're not the most versed in like all of the occult type of stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. That role was a, uh, another incredible fail. So push the roll, push the roll, push the roll, push the roll. I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. You got a one in four chance. What's the worst that could happen? I have to like be upset with the lady. I guess. Mrs. Right. Carmine, we broke your Can daughter's I... strange, uh, idol. 
Can I push this roll, Lord Keeper? You may. You absolutely may. Do it. Ah, yeah. I can spend. I can spend some luck, though. I'm within, you spend basically all distance. your luck. <laughs> <laughs> it tells you on the fucking program. You'd have to spend. I know. Thirty-three of forty. I don't think that's the ticket, buddy. I'm looking at it. It it could be a thing. Good. It could. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll hang out with Seven Luck Clyde. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not going to spend the luck. I pushed the roll. I'm not going to spend the luck. I looked over. I failed. What what happens here? So so we've got we've got two options here. I can certainly come up with something as we as we start pushing rolls. Um, this is one where you know if you want to tell me kind of what what you think happens here. Um, you know, kind of my I'd idea if I were to the idol. What I yeah? What I was going to say maybe... is you. <laughs> You'd break it. You'd break off some piece of it uh, would be what I would say would happen. But if you have a better idea of what what that looks like to push and fail, I'm, I'm yeah. open to the opinion. I think that I, you know, I look over to see what what Polly's picked up here. And I think that as I look over, because I was just picking up the books or maybe I just started. I, I have an pages. idea for you. Uh, okay, I was gonna say I sneeze and you jump and like snap off a piece in your fingers there. <laughs> no, I'm thinking it's stupider than that. I think oh, I think no. I think Paul is like looking at it and you're like, oh, let me have a look and you go to grab it, but I am possessive and just like don't give it up right away and you just like yank it and we like it's oh, both man. our faults basically. Okay, so uh. so you guys you're holding on to it and it's kind of like that that you know wishbone type of moment where you're like, here, let me see yeah. that yoink. And you're you're I'm both- not done with it. Stop it. No. <laughs> you're like, I know more than you about this. It's like the hell you do. Fuck. Let me Yeah, I think it's an embarrassing scene, I think, for two adult men. Yep. And Very. so so with that too, as you pull it apart, um what you get though is the as as the crystal pulls apart, um it it feels like the light in the room darkens just just a little bit um and kind of goes quieter like you kind of have the street noise coming from outside um and you can hear some people talking you can kind of hear the tea starting to boil the water starting to boil downstairs and the room just gets a little bit darker not a lot like you know 10 percent darker type of idea and it just gets a little quiet and then it comes back up and if you two would like to give me a sanity roll for that, please. What if what if I don't give you a sanity roll? What if I want to keep it? <laughs> well, you're playing Cthulhu. I'm, I'm here to tell you your sanity is is pretty flighty. All right, so okay, there we go. Double click on it. All right, uh, so we have a Paul failed and and Clarence succeeded. So uh, Paul, do, you're gonna roll one d two of uh sanity drain uh for me uh and uh describe what paul's thinking and why that that kind of emotionally and and sanitarily drained him sanitarily (laughs) (laughs) um let's see let's see um we don't have a d2 so let's assume we'll just do a a d4 and have whatever we got yep let's give it that go to generate or no i gotta roll it in the box for it to tell me right yeah yep there we go uh, okay, so we'll do two. Um, I think uh, let me mark that on my sheet as well. And then, and then, while you're you're describing that, Clarence, why don't you just think about how you would describe why that didn't bother you um, as well? So I'll get to you after after Paul goes over it. 
Um, I think I think so. I was raised by immigrants who have very strong um, religious background, very very deep into their faith, um, and it didn't quite translate to to Babel. You know, he's he's first generation, so he's all about like adapting into his environment and like picking up the norms from uh, his new country. And so mm-hmm. he, that's why he's only got a little snapshot of a cult because you know um, it does cover you know world religions and things like that and. He has like a baseline education specifically relating to his heritage, and that's about it. And there's just something about what he's already been told um, that they're into like some Egyptian stuff that he's like he's it just tickles the back of the mind of like oh I'm Jewish and Egyptians oh fun yeah that's a good time um, there's never been any problems between those two culture groups. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know he can't he doesn't figure out what this thing is i think it's just like a little nagging in the back of the brain that's just like oh we broke it oh egyptian curses oh no oh no Mm-mm. i've seen how this played out once before um it's just like it's a it's a sign you know mom always said that the signs that happen and they come in threes and this is the second one it's this is you know it's just like just pushing these instincts that's like you know he doesn't really fully believe in um but on like a a beefed role like that it's just like that's instinct like that's how he was raised to think even if he doesn't choose to think like that yep yep that's perfect i like that and then uh clarence why like what's your character thinking that is just like nah this doesn't bother me at all um i think that it's because it's more of an object like he didn't you know he's it was maybe a peripheral item when they first entered the room and then he saw that Polly had picked something up. And so he glanced over and was like, Oh, you know, what's that? And just really, really casually had reached out to grab it and and grabbed it. And Paul didn't let go. And so I think that it was more of an object to him. There was no significance to it. And as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, Clarence is a stonemason, a stonecutter. So he works in inanimate, fragile, static objects, a static material. And so chips, you know, things happen, chips break, tips break off, and you just kind of start over, and you've got to take that in stride. You know, he's he's 50 years old. This isn't... So it's not the first time he's broken eggs in making an omelet. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so you guys do that. Um, kind of... What do you guys do with this broken crystal now that was sitting on the... You did, you fucking Jamook. I think... I think, Polly, this is the moment where we both... We both acknowledge that... Um, that didn't go as planned, uh, and maybe we both don't acknowledge that something weird happened when it broke. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not talking about that. You give me the other piece of the thing. I'm just gonna shove it in the drawer. No one will have to know. Yeah, exactly. It was. It, I. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like already, even as you're like going through this mature response of like, we'll talk about. You know, this isn't uh, an issue. Like, just already reaching into your hand to grab the other piece and like grabs it back out and like the closest drawer or cupboard or anything to like slip it into or like jewelry box anything just out of sight just yep. shove it back in <clears throat> yep well like that there's the you know there's there's uh various things in here that you could shove it into um and so you'll you'll easily find one like maybe the wardrobe you kind of pull some of the shirts beside I, you kind of th- i put it yeah i put it inside of a like a coat uh, jacket in the inside the wardrobe. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, like no, there, there could be no better cover, you know. Okay. Um, 
But uh, yeah, just put it back in there and go like, so what about these books? You know, what what about the books instead, huh? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So the books, um, books don't break as easy. And he's gonna turn back around and start flipping through titles. You know, what was the one that was open on the desk? That's the that's the first one he wants to check. Yep. So the the one on the desk, um, you can, it's it's got a title to it, and it's the Rosicrucian Cosmo Conception uh, is the name of the book. Which, wow. which, funnily enough, is an actual book that you can go go read if you want to. It was published in 1909. With this, I was literally going to do a, a quick aside of like, goddamn Rosicrucian coming back again. <laughs> you don't know how many times in my Call of Cthulhu career I've come up against this fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, yep. no joke, Rosicrucian. So I'm going to have to do a lot to make sure that I remember that Paul doesn't know shit about the Rosicrucian order, <laughs> order or the, the order of Rosicrucius or whatever it is again. Yep. Yep. Um, so if you, yeah. as you're, as you're looking through this, you can kind of look at it a little bit. Um, and, uh, if you want to kind of get a little more information, what I'd suggest is like a library or a history or a mythos role. If you would like to, uh, I would definitely like to, let me see history versus library use versus mythos. I do not have a mythos, so I'm going to go for library use if that's all right. Uh, yep. Roll that looking good. We got a 47 out of 80, a regular success. 80% in library use? <laughs> he's he's an artist. He's a... Nerd! There's, there's, there's backstory there, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's obviously Paul would have no idea of, like, that, but, like, if Paul could see your character sheet, oh, man, he'd just be poking at you all day. Yeah, yep. yeah, we all know you're a bully. Yep. Oh, yeah, and very it, much so. <laughs> So kind of that role, you you remember as you've been looking through stuff that, you know, this book is considered um, some introduction to esoteric Christianity. Um, the Rosicrucians uh, have a headquarter in California somewhere, um, and you've heard they have some initiation practices um, and identify themselves by a white bone-like cross, um, usually backed by five-pointed striped gold star. Um, and uh, you know, as you picked it up to, um, Mrs. Carmine had put that piece of paper on, on the book. So that, that was there too. And I actually can show you that if you give me just a second. Well, Hey, and so that's, that's the paper that she was kind of wringing in her hands that she had set in the room. And it looks like it's a, a she put down the paper in yep. the, in the room and then went back downstairs. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. 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 <clears throat> I mean, that's that's what it was kind of on that book as well. So uh, Clarence is going to look up at Paul, say, hey, Paul, do you do you know what this is? And he closes the book and holds it up. Kind of open ended teacher, you know, teacher question. What are you holding up? The the book. So the, the Rosicrucian manual. Don't think he would. He definitely wouldn't know Rosicrucian, um, but he might know some of the things that they know about. Um, sure, because sure, sure. they, you know, in, in actual reality, they do borrow some stuff from some, uh, from Judaism and from Jewish mysticism. Sure. So he might, but I don't know that any of that kind of symbology is going to be on the cover. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think he just like so, looks at you and just shrugs. I don't know. Looks like some, uh, some of that, uh, I don't know, new wave Protestant Christian stuff. I don't know. Uh, not not new wave it's it's old wave maybe not as old as judaism 
maybe older. I'm no expert. I'm not trying to make anybody angry. And he glances around. Um, no, you know, walls of ears. And uh, he says, I think that this book and this drawing, do you see what I'm seeing here on this uh, what is journal page? Yeah, directory. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Little Poppy is a good girl or isn't as good of a girl as we thought. I'm thinking maybe she is a member of or is inducting someone into this old religion. I don't. Uh, super Christian? Maybe. Maybe pure, purest Christian, pure, pure, pure strain might be a good way to think about oh. it. I think this is one of the, hey, hey, hey. but I think this is one of the older versions of what Christianity became, you know, maybe a bridge, uh, from, from Judaism, if you will, if you would allow me to be so crass, your highness. Nobody wear a crown here. I'm from New York. No Kings, no masters. God. That but might yet be, you're gonna drink that might be an out of date reference for that might be too early. <laughs> That's definitely too early. <laughs> Whatever. When it eventually happens, Paul will be like, no, fuck you. I said that. <laughs> um, um, but, um, but yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the bent, I think. Yeah, I think um, that I mean, Paul will look it over. Like if you're sort of like holding it out, he'll definitely like reach yeah. to take it. Yeah. And while you do that, he's going to flip through the other titles on her desk there. Uh, could I maybe apply either like education or intelligence uh, raw as like a, a knowledge role? Like, does any of this ring any bells to to Paul? Sure, sure. You prefer that? Uh, I I'm not of a preference of which one. Like, kind of tell me why you're rolling the one that you want to roll and what you're what you're doing with it. I think I'll you know it's 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 not uh, the optimal one, but I think I'll go for for education just because like I think. Yeah, there's a possibility that somewhere in his background, in his his grow, uh, growing up, and in his uh, uh, development, that maybe something tangential to this might have come up at some point. Um, even just you know recognizing some of the symbology. So we'll do we'll do that. Hard success. Uh, and that gets us a hard success. Yeah. And you were just kind of seeing any, a- any part of this book sort of like ring a bell, like you know, because he's not christian he's not uh catholic he doesn't have those backgrounds but sometimes the symbology you know crosses over or draws on similar inspiration you know i i'm just wondering if there's anything that like sticks out to to paul and his from his background uh from your background i would say you know probably not a ton is really jumping out at you you know there's there's a bunch of different uh spin-off smaller religions of of various places and it's not it's not specifically jumping out at you as something that you really need to pay attention to yeah so i think i just probably like maybe um it depends on what what clarence is doing but if uh if clarence is like picking up some other books or looking further then paul will probably flip through the pages but otherwise he'd hand it back yep okay and then are there any other sort of occult or pointed titles that stand out on the desk or is that like the is that the one nope there's there's definitely some more there's some some uh like she was mentioning there's some on ancient egypt um kind of some history books along those lines um and that type of stuff but none of them are really jumping out at you as much as as something that um is like ooh, this is gonna give us a clue type of idea okay well then, you know, if that's the case, uh, we'll we'll take it. We'll take the Rosicrucian book back as there's nothing else that Clarence really picks up. You know, he just kind of flips like, "Oh, pretty, you know, pretty pedestrian high school reading, history class, whatever. This is all good or college reading, whatever." And 
uh, he's going to take the Rosicrucian book back. And I think maybe I feel like this is probably a good lead here, Polly. And then do you, do, you, do these numbers mean anything to you? He's going to spin the journal page around and point at this four slash seven, four slash 18. Um, yeah, just that, that part specifically. Yeah. Is that not the date? What's today? I forgot. Oh, today's uh, the 16th and it's five sixteen. Uh, four would be April, which you may have missed. I mean, yeah, it sounds like she's been doing things pretty right. What's the, uh, how often does that thing happen? I'm, I, I personally lost the picture. Where is that again? Let me see. There you go. Yeah. Seven, so 18, 17. Nine, oh, yeah. 18, 19? Is that what it says? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, I don't know. Take it with us, too. Yeah. All right. So he'll, Clarence will throw the journal page into the cover of the book and then tuck it all into into a coat pocket inside, a okay. breast pocket. Okay. And you guys and also... Why don't we go see what that tea's going? Well, you guys also mentioned that you wanted to do a more serious search of the room as well. Do that? I think um, I think Paul's going to step out of the room for a minute and like wander that floor if nobody's there still um, and poke his head into like whatever other rooms are, are on this floor. Uh, I think so you go out there. Uh, what are you doing, Clarence? I think Clarence is might take a second and look around the room. You know, it seems so simple. Uh, the room of a young lady in, in our day, our modern day and age of May 16th, <laughs> 1920. Yep. Um, he might maybe he, you know, just like drop down and peek under the bed, like just some cursory stuff that Polly didn't didn't do when he was, you know, he opened up the wardrobe, he rifled through clothes. He might take a second and just look in some of the more obvious places that we pass by. Okay. So maybe a, I guess it could be a spot hidden, but yep. he'll take a second and go like, mm, what are some of the other spots we could check here? Yep. Regular success. Uh, so as you're searching around, um, you don't find like anything under the bed. Nothing's really, you know, sticking out to you there. Um, you do get the idea um, that it's a pretty orderly room, though. Is one thing that as you're looking under things and you're you're kind of searching through things, you're kind of noticing that this isn't like a haphazard room. It's not someone that you know, not thinking about things. There's an order to it that that looks like Poppy has. Um, but as you're as you're kind of looking around, um, you notice uh, a board below where the black crystal was, um, and it looks like it's loose. Well, that that like a moth to the flame. We'll, uh, you know, try and get our, our fingernails under that, you know, see if we can just knock on a corner and pop up the other edge. Okay, absolutely. Uh, so you, you go ahead and do that. Um, let me make sure I've got the right, might have done, nope. Uh, so you open that up and inside is, you know, pulling it out. It's, it's a piece of cloth around, uh, what looks to be like an art book. Um, and uh kind of starting to to look through it um it's got some drawings and things like that it the drawing style also looks like the same one from the piece of paper that uh mrs carmine handed to you um and okay. there are there are a total of four pages in here that kind of stick out to you share those out here i actually shared the wrong image on the first one there as I said, this is the first time we're running this adventure, so obviously I've got some things, but let me share out all of the images here. 
that one. Ready. All right, so, so which one was the one we actually saw first? So technically, the journal page one is the uh, first one that she would have handed you that, that would have been on the book, technically. so That, that changes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that uh, I feel like that's definitely a date. And that's definitely a a place and a you know a what a who a what and a when. Yeah, I mean, if you've got all of those pieces for for sure, but I think um, in the in hindsight, if uh, if we'd seen that one first, I think at the very least, um, uh, Polly also would have connected it to her her readings because of the the hieroglyphs. I think he just would have recognized those for sure. Um, he's gonna recognizing that they're still upstairs. Like he starts making noise, like hey. <clears throat> clears his throat um, and walks over to the door, sets everything down on the bed, walks over the door, Polly. And then he's going to uh, go back to the bed and kind of lay this all out here. Okay. Well, Polly comes back in Yep. so, while, so that we can look at all these pictures together. Yep. So while you were, you were doing the searching before you, you're kind of calling Paul over, uh, Paul, there's, there is um, just another room in the upstairs. So it looks like there's a, a second bedroom. Um, the door's open, so you, there's no really anything you need to do to get in there. And it looks like it's Mrs. Carmine's room and uh, what would have been her former husband's room as well. It's not... Um, he just does a cursory look then because yep. he's not hes not really interested. Like He wanted to see if there was like, any pieces to put together, but he doesn't think that there's going to be anything in, in the mom and dad's room, so... Yep. If that's all it is, he'll just do like a quick look around. Like not yep. even I wouldn't even do a spot hidden on it. Yep. It and it looks like a normal room. There's a you know, same type of thing as in Poppy's room. You've got a wardrobe, you've got a bed, you know, there's a, a desk so up one here. Thing he would look to see is how many like religious symbols are in this room. Like do does she does she keep like a bunch of uh rosaries or prayer beads or like what's her, her jam? Uh you can definitely see um a cross over the bed. And on the desk, you do spot like a, a little jewelry type of dish that does have a rosary in it. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So he just sort of like makes a mental note of like, yeah, yeah, it checks out. Um, so I think he's already like back in the hallway uh, that connects him when uh, when Clarence pokes his head out. So he'll just shuffle back over. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, so you come back in the room and Clarence is there uh, with some some paper and stuff spread across the bed. Holy shit, we got a fucking artist here. Well, yeah, looks like, but um, the the subject matter is concerning. So I'm going to assume that the rectory, and he taps on the book in his breast pocket, is uh, where some of these, or maybe all of these things are? I don't know. We got some scribbles at the bottom here. Well, what do you make of this? And he's going to flip around Missing Journal page one and point at that one first, but, you know, they're all laid out on the bed. Yep, and I'll... Let me give you some more information too about about this journal now that you guys are really looking at it. Um, so the the kind of art book here and kind of used as a little bit of a diary too. You see that there there are entries dating back for like four years. Um, there are long gaps uh, as you're kind of shuffling through it as well um, in the writing, and there's a longer one up until Christmas of last year. And and Poppy records her father's slow health decline. Um, the financial strain of his illness, you know, the medications aren't helping that type of type of stuff. And also the effects of his morphine use, um, including strange dreams where he would wake screaming about things. 
she writes that it's through his her father's acquaintance, uh, George Midweather, who owns the flower shop, that she found employment. You learn her employment is temporary until the Midweather's oldest son returns from his trip to England. Uh, once her father dies, she recorded that uh, Cedric uh, introduced her to a new library and bookshop near the flower shop. Uh, she calls it Our Little Research Laboratory, um, is what she has it lovingly mm. written in the book, um, but does not name it specifically, um, except to state that the dark shutters seem foreboding and sad on her first visit there. Um, it's from here she keeps getting, she's been getting um, her litany of occult books. She's She mentions that in there. And finally, the last the last four pages contain cryptic references to the place beyond the wall, uh, which the um, you can kind of infer uh, the basement of a building or something like that that she might be in. Um, and the last page is the most crucial, and it's dated specifically. So it's got multiple different dated entries. So and on May first, nineteen twenty. I've drawn a diagram of the ingenious device by which the builder concealed the chamber. Cedric seems frustrated with my desire to journal the room, uh, but my friend Fanny says that the best, most logical approach is always better than rushing in haphazardly. I understand Sed is upset over his brother's impending return, but as the elder, Mr. uh, Midweather pointed out, Harold's illness hasn't quite passed yet. So we'll have plenty of opportunities before my labor is no longer needed at the flower shop. Every time his brother comes up, his whole demeanor changes. Uh, and the next entry is May 3rd, 1920. Flower shop was unusually busy. Said is always fast and sharp at the bouquets, but he left quickly when someone came in with a cute little Yorkie ter- terrier. Uh, found him in our secret room crying after I took care of the people in the shop. I'm glad I grew up without siblings after listening to what his older brother did to him as a kid. Even if the broken leg was an accident, the mutilation and killing of his dear little puppy was awful. Uh, The next entry is on May 6, 1920. Cedric insisted I take the Black Crystal home. He says it has some sort of positive power, but I really don't appreciate its feeling. Uh, He's still so fragile, though, and the looming return of his brother isn't helping. Even on the window still... It seems to make the room darker. He's taken one for himself as well. I'm most fascinated by the bricked-up door. Mr. Matthews at the bookshop suggested an entry to an old supply storage, but the language on the lintel isn't one I'm familiar with. Uh, and then May 10th, I've drawn. I've tried to draw the door three times now, and none of the sketches seem to do it justice. The latest one is now doing service as a bookmark simply because I think the characters on the lintel are clearest. Um, and that's the one that uh, you would have seen first. Cedric seems sullen and troubled by the return of uh, his brother. Mr. Mrs. Midweather came in yesterday and was bragging to me about how her son is a real chic. Uh, I wish she would not pretend Sed doesn't exist in front of him. Uh, once she left, Sed told me she's convinced I'll make Harold the perfect bride. I wonder if she's she'd feel the same way knowing that we ha- what we have in store for the monster. Uh, May 13th. The Women's League meeting went well. Fanny agreed to lend some assistance to our plan. And then the last entry is May 14th. Tomorrow's the day. It's been less than a week since the monster returned, and said is already bruised and terrified. And that's is that where that entry ends? Yep. Ooh. 
I'm assuming that Paul was probably like looking over uh, Clarence's shoulder uh, as he goes through this. I'm sure. Holy fuck! It's a whole goddamn thing. This is why it's. You know, this is, oh, I told you, boys of trouble. Boys of trouble, but um, she she seems to have gone willingly. Could be her good night. But morbid. I, I mean, you read it. Eh, eh. Like messed up kids is all. I don't know, man. The the broken legs, the mutilated puppy. That sounds a little, like a pretty messed up kid. Never had brothers before, huh? <laughs> no, he he is an only child, actually. Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Eh, I'm telling you, it happens sometimes. But uh, the dog thing—that's weird. That's that's real weird. I'll give you that. Yeah, that one doesn't sit right. Um. Uh, you know, Clarence is going to glance around the room kind of just to take a breath and, and uh, center himself after reading through some of that. Oh, shit, the um, fucking thing. We broke the goddamn thing. Oh, I was right. It's a bad juju. Oh, my goodness. We, <laughs> oh. we said we weren't going to talk about that. Oh, we, it's too late now. I thought about wait, it again. No, uh, oh, my God. Oh, CW got to get it out of the thing. We got to take it. Well, I mean, only if it actually has positive power or are these kids just spinning things. I don't know, but it's I, I, oh, you bring it, we, yeah. you uh, you take it, you get in there. <laughs> yeah, how come you don't want to carry it, Polly? Uh, You're a little scared. Clarence is gonna go open the door. I I think that since you broke it, it's your fault. You're gonna carry it. Oh oh, I broke. Okay, I thought this was a wee thing, but yeah, all right, I broke it. I'll carry it. It is a wee thing, but it's more you than a me thing, so it's a wee like sixty forty. He's going to put it in his pocket and mutter, pretty sure he's scared of a rock. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the cauliflower ears do not pick up anything, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's about Say this something? point that uh, Mrs. Carmine uh, calls up from downstairs. Uh, 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 tea's ready uh, 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 whenever you're, you're done. Two sugars, please. Uh, oh. And uh, Clarence will head downstairs. Oh, okay. I just say that. I was like, that's... Uh, Buying an extra moment kind of thing of like, uh, is there anything else we need to take? Which is, I, I think we take the whole goddamn journal and all these pages. Uh, yeah. No, uh, the pages go into the journal. The journal goes, uh, under the arm for sure. Oh, no, no, Got sir. The... Um, Paul, I think we mentioned this when we were doing the character like building and whatnot. Um, Paul mm. pretty much always carries a, a leather, um, briefcase uh, that uh, has clasps and locks. So, like, he undoes it, I think, to, to put the journal in. Does does Clarence see that it's like actually stone empty? Uh, as we discussed, it's not stone empty, <laughs> despite not being a businessman and having basically no need for a uh, briefcase. Uh, it is full of uh, odds and ends, um, with a good chunk of it uh, consisting of medical supplies. Uh, like um, there's gauze, right. there's probably so antiseptic, there's probably yeah. like a, a rubbing mm-hmm. alcohol or something, something to clean wounds with. Um, uh, probably like a small suture kit, I imagine. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, no, I, re- I recall now, I recall now. Yeah. And the suture kit also is going to double because what is not occupied by sort of medical supplies, there's some papers in there, but barely any, uh, the rest of it is a uh, fishing tackle. Actually. Uh, there are just a few hooks, uh, a couple, um, uh, spools of, uh, of line and, uh, uh, some, some lures and sinkers. And you like guys gonna like sort of slide it in there amongst all of that. Okay, so you guys are taking the journal, the crystal. Are you taking anything else out of the room? So the yeah, the 
Rosicrucian manual and that other journal page. And then I, th I think that's it. Those are kind of the standouts. We both kind of did a, a look around the room. I don't, I feel like after finding that journal, Clarence is going to feel like the work is done. I give another once over to the, the books um, other than the journal. And we were saying that um, there's like a few other sort of esoteric things there, like uh, Egyptian, uh, like history or mysticism, something like that. Yep. 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 Um, I think uh, Paul would make like a note of what's, what's over there. Um, but I don't think he, I don't think he discovered anything else that he would remove from the, the room. Okay. Uh, so you guys can, can gather that up, get it in the uh, briefcase with all the medical supplies and tackle and stuff and uh, head, head downstairs. Um, and, you know, you guys come down the stairs and uh, look, you know, probably look left or right, depending on what's going on. But uh, to the right uh, on the table, there is a little platter with three teacups um, set up with as well as a, um, you know, tea kettle sitting there. Um, and she's sitting in one of her chairs. And uh, as she sees you come down, she's like, oh, oh, come on over and, and have some tea. And really, um, you know, sitting down and having the tea, you know, it's not bad tea by any stretch of the imagination. Um, uh, it's also not like the best tea you've ever had. It's just, you know, a nice tea uh, to sit down and have. And she does have a little, um, she didn't put any sugar in your cup, Paul, but she did bring out like a little, you know, sugar cube holder um, with little yeah. tongs that you could put it in. And you can kind of make small talk with her, but you don't get uh, much more information out of her in terms of this um if there's anything specific you wanted to ask but she she really doesn't have much more to to help with like your investigation that uh we'll, we'll you know sip on the tea and and sort of uh, have a quiet moment maybe depending on what uh, clarence wants to do um paul will shovel a bunch of cubes into his tea after a, a first sip <laughs> uh clarence is gonna ask her gently you know how how long has she been working at the shop again, Mrs. Carmine? And now he's read the journal and it's more of like a, just sort of a fishing, where is Mrs. Carmine at kind of question. Yep. She'll answer along the same lines that the, the journal uh, alluded to. Been working there for a little while. Um, you know, she doesn't give exactly like what the journal is stating because the journal kind of, you know, mentioned um, when. Cedric's brother comes back um, and that type of stuff. She just, yeah. she's kind of happy her daughter has a job and, and is talking to some other people and kind of getting out and, and that type of stuff. Sure, sure. Hanging out with kids her own age. I totally understand. What, um, how? <laughs> I think Paul would cut in <laughs> real quick and be like, uh, so how's your daughter been doing since you lost the, the pops? You can, you can tell that uh, as soon as you ask that question that, that hit a you know a heartstring, um, and she she looks distraught again. The tea seemed to be helping, but now now she's pretty distraught again. And she's well, it certainly hit me hard, you know, missing missing my husband. Um, Bobby, you know, her and her and her dad got along pretty well. Um, so she's definitely been sad. Um, I don't think she. Um, it has anything that's uh, kind of, I would say, it would be too concerning with someone go grieving for it. Um, I'd say it's hitting me harder than than her. Would you would you say 
Um, hang on, hang on. That's right. How well did you and uh, Alfred know the Midweathers? Uh, the Midweathers? Um, not, not terribly well. I, I know they own the the flower shop, of course, because you know Poppy Poppy let me know that she's she's working there. Um, uh, and you know we we know of them in town. They're they're um they're some of the more more um influential people uh in the in the city i feel like that's those those were kind of the fact finders for you know just sort of to to check in and ping the veracity of the journal a little bit yep yep and uh, clarence feels pretty good miss uh, miss kami the poppy ever tell you anything about hanging out with like the women's league and anything Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, she, uh, she, she goes there. Goes there regularly. Um, in you mentioned it earlier that she knows uh, Fanny, but uh, Fanny, sorry. Uh, but uh, I was just wondering how much you know about their relationship. They hang out a whole lot because you know I, I know Fanny. She's a good, good lady. But uh, just wondering how much, what kind of level of interaction? Uh, well, Miss Miss Fanny Boyle. Um, uh, Poppy, Poppy's uh, pretty good friends with her. I would say. Um, as you, as you guys have probably seen, you know, uh, Poppy, uh, wears, you know, uh, more modern women's, uh, clothes, I guess I would, I would put it as, uh, she typically wears, uh, pants, um, and, uh, so, and is definitely part of the right, you know, as a good hardworking American (laughs) who don't love a pair of pants. Yeah. Uh, sure, sure. Um. And so she's she's at the the you know the local chapter for the women's equal rights league uh, uh, regularly. So um, and was one of the places I, I was I was hoping I'd find her uh, to be honest, but I, I I didn't. I think as soon as she says women's equals rights league, uh, I think uh, just reflexively Paul sort of like puts up a fist like in solidarity, like the whirl. <laughs> Uh, doesn't ever like make a big deal of it, but like he's 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 a little bit of an activist. He's a little bit of a like, yeah, why not? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah, thanks. I was just wondering. Like I said, I'll probably go talk to Fanny myself. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds good. Well, um, thanks for the tea, I guess, uh, Clarence. See that you got nothing? No, no, that's all for me. Sounds like it'd be good to speak with Fanny and uh, flower shop as well. But let's. Let's start with Fanny and the Women's League. We'll be back if we Ants. find out anything else for you, Miss Carmine. But uh, you got a lovely home. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know if I said it before, but I'm sorry about your loss. And, uh, you know, we'll, I'm sure we'll find the... We'll, we're going to find the uh, Poppy before the day's out. I, I put money on it. Oh, that'd be, that'd be great. And, and she perks up a little bit uh, at you saying that. And a little bit of light comes back to her eyes. All right, well, let's go then, I guess. Okay, yep. Terrifying, is, yep. Uh, that's too much silence for me. It's getting awkward. Uh, just, like, yanks <laughs> Clarence up. Like, yeah, I don't do good in the social situations. I apologize, Miss Kami. Uh, let's uh, fucking make, like, a leaf. All right. Clarence is behind you 100%. He's up. We're heading for the door. Grab the coats. He takes a last look around. Um, I think he's nervous about leaving Miss Carmine to home alone. Uh, just some unnerving things upstairs. Paul is acting a little jumpy here. Uh, definitely a little more awkward than usual, but you know, we'll head out the door. Okay. Uh you guys uh mentioned, you know, Fanny Boyle. Uh you you know of her same type of thing in the local area and you also know 
where she lives as well. Should could definitely go give her a visit. Paul probably knows her like directly. Um, I think it's entirely possible. Like that's that's one of the, the character traits that we were talking about earlier. Is he's uh, he's he's gruff on the outside and you know is who he is, but um, there's he he does believe in the fight for for equal rights um, for all. Um, I think growing up uh, an immigrant of uh, <laughs> of a minority group that faces persecution. Um, it was it's sort of like a no-brainer to him just like yeah we're people they're people everybody's people just you know be nice um so i think that's one of the few places that he might spend time on occasion like not directly because it's you know so it's a women's movement but yeah probably you know help out on occasion go to the same sort of uh uh i think i think it's cuter than that actually i think that if they do like um, marches in the street or passing out flyers or something like that. I think he hangs out like on corners nearby just so that like nobody harasses them. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, like doesn't ever tell them that that's what he's doing. Like he's not like a member or anything like that, but just like actually does care about them and what they're doing. And you know, just like yeah, no, I just I felt like hanging around. I didn't have anywhere to be that day, so um. Just well, fancy meeting you on this corner here, where you happen to be proselytizing, or not proselytizing, but uh, uh, demonstrating. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I think he's like, let's, let's go talk to Fanny. Okay. The next stop. All right. So you guys. Yeah, she's uh, got a funny name, you know. It's a name like a pimple on your butt, but you know, she's a good lady. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, Fanny Boyle? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, so you guys, yeah, you guys, name, make it to make it to her place after a little bit. Um, do you guys it's a it's a little ways away from where you are. Do you have a car to drive there? Do you grab a taxi? How do you how do you get there? Uh I think we could grab a taxi. Okay. Uh it isn't hard to to flag one down here uh pretty quick. You're still close to the, you know, diner and there are some running around so you can get that. Um and p- give her give them the the address of the, you know, Fanny Boyle's uh residence. And getting there um her house is, you know, a gray stone building uh, in kind of a Greek revival style, um, making it resemble like a pantheon. Um, and uh, kind of going up to the door, you guys knock at the door and a daintily dressed maid shows you into the conservatory um, like that. Paul, knowing her, she's the maid is you've seen the maid and she's seen you. So she's like, oh, oh, oh come on in. Um, uh and in the conservatory, there's a pair of naked embracing women stand in the center of a fountain lined with water spewing fish and exotic plants bulge voluptuously out of the raised stone beds. Um, and shortly thereafter, uh, Miss Boyle will walk in uh, and, of course, see both of you and be like, ah, um, well, well, hello. You know, Miss, uh, Miss Boyle is polite. Uh, tall and angular with neatly kept appearance. Um, and she's wearing an Asian inspired lounging costume. Um, and, uh, after, after her greeting, she's like, uh, uh, let's, I, I suppose you need to talk to me about something, but let's get some tea. I, I haven't had any yet today. Sweetheart, just had some tea, you know, uh, a small cup, maybe. Okay. Uh, perfect. You, Might need you, something stronger at this point in the day. What do you got though? You got Earl Grey? Uh, I certainly have some real gray for you. That's my girl. All right. I'm back in. I'm back in. 
Uh, and then he like nudges Clarence like she's got she's got good stuff. Yeah, she does. And he's staring at the statue, but he's staring at the fish and the tile work on the stone floor. Uh, Paul doesn't know that, and he's like just nudges him again. He's like, "Don't be a perv. Don't be. Look at the scales. Look at the detail on these fish." Oh my god, that's even fucking worse. Jesus Christ. Oh, all right. I can't take you anywhere. I could say the same for you as he as he hustles himself towards the kitchen. Yeah, definitely. We'll just we'll just odd couple moment and then follow uh <laughs> Fanny. Yep. Uh over over on one side of the room there's there's a small table a small sitting table with uh you know some chairs around it. Um and shortly thereafter of of mentioning tea, the the maid comes back in, same type of thing, a, a serving tray with some cups and a, a tea kettle and um, some accoutrements to go with it uh, that you could add, um, that type of stuff. And uh, after getting her tea and and getting it prepped, she's like, "So, so what can I he- what can I help you, gentlemen, with?" Hi. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, that was that was Clarence, <laughs> gentlemen. And then you say, "Go ahead." He goes, uh, "Well, uh, Fanny, I don't know if you've known this, but Mrs. Carmine came to see us this morning, saying that uh, Poppy." Well, I don't know if came to see us is the right word. We were at the diner and she came busting in in a state. And she said that Poppy's gone missing. You know her little girl? Yep. Uh, her and Alfred's daughter? Oh, oh of course. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So she said that Poppy's been spending some time with you and maybe uh, spent a little extra time around here. We were just wondering if you knew anything about where Poppy might be. Uh, she said she's been gone two days. Really? Um, She... She kind of sits back in her chair and takes a sip of her tea. In fact, I'm going to take a drink of water here. Hold on. This is allowed. And, uh, you know, she's like, well, that's definitely worrying. Um, I, I've, I've got to say, I, how to put this, uh, politely. Um, we definitely were close, uh, but we haven't, uh, been as close anymore because, to be honest, Poppy started reading that fake occult stuff, and I, I just do anything about it. Um, uh, you know, and she's... You thought occult studies were outside the grasp of a modern woman? Uh, and she'll she'll give you a side glance at that. What, what do you mean by that, sir? My friend it here is just... making a little bit of a, a presumption on the... Efforts of the movement, Fanny. I think uh, you know. Uh, I think what he means to say is, uh, you know, a liberated modern woman is allowed to pursue any sort of uh, intellectual endeavors that she might find herself inclined to. Isn't that right, Clarence? He'll he'll grunt and nod. <laughs> yeah, and she'll say, "I I agree." Uh, to each their own. It's it's definitely something though that I'm I'm not quite behind. I I guess from a you know, an intellectual perspective, sure, but uh, there's there's too much stuff out there that people get their heads into um, that just aren't real and and start believing it. Uh, I just think that's weird. No Definitely reasonable. Definitely reasonable. So she started reading into some of these more occult teachings, and and you two spent less time together. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, she's been hanging out with with Ted and. Uh, uh and that type of stuff so it's been it's been interesting seeing those two together and uh uh and and Harold Ugh. who's that oh 
Harold's Harold's not a favorite. Who's Harold? Oh, uh, uh, Harold is uh, uh, Cedric's brother. No, oh. all right. Harold, so uh, what's that again? Merryweather or something like that? Uh, Midweather. Midweather. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. <laughs> that's the that's the family that owns the flower shop, right? Where where Poppy works. Uh, if, yes, if it, we've it, got our notes right here from Mrs. Carmi. Yep. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, so she's spending a lot of time with Cedric and Harold. And how come? What's what's what is it about Harold that makes your skin crawl? That that gentleman uh, thinks like a sheik, to be perfectly. And she, you know, she kind of puffs up, puffs up her chest, and and looks uh, offended uh, when she is saying this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, he he thinks like a sheik, and that he can take you know whatever he wants. Uh, in fact, uh, at a social event a while ago when he was still around, um, he tried to assault me. Like he could do whatever he wanted. Oh, mm. and yeah, we ain't cool with that. N- certainly not. What uh, was he having some kind of argument, or was this uh, a little bit more like uh, you know, is this uh, a man going too far kind of thing? Uh, definitely the latter. And she's, hmm. I see. So uh, it's a bit of a bad egg, eh? Uh, most certainly. Most certainly. Uh, in fact, uh. Of all the audacity, um, Mrs. Midweather, um, they, they uh, and and Miss Carmine, in fact, for a little bit, uh, were attempting uh, to get me to to talk to Poppy to convince her to date to date Henry of all uh, to date Harold of all people. Like, oh, and I I just couldn't get behind that. In that, they want they wanted to encourage me, Poppy to leave Flower Boy Hedrick. To hang out with his older brother? Yes. Um, uh, let me just say, Fanny, that uh, sort of like this sort of, you know, uh, hierarchical pressure to conform to society's norms is why I support your movement. Because, you know, these should be free choices. You know, everyone's got to make their own way. Yep. Yep. So I appreciate you, and I appreciate you not trying to push her into the arms of some low-life bad egg type. I tell you, we see him. We'll scramble him up nice. Uh, she'll she'll lean in. She she because she knows you so well, Paul. Um, she wouldn't. You don't think she'd normally divulge this? And she's like, um, it, you know, after and she's she's leaning into this. She's like looking around, seeing if anybody's around. The maid is is standing, you know, ten feet away. Uh, and she doesn't. She leans in before she can talk. I'm just like, did you get my joke about the egg thing about the scramble? <laughs> good right uh yes uh and she'll she'll lean into into the two of you like like a conspiratory type of lean in and she'll she'll kind of whisper uh in fact uh for a little bit i was planning on helping uh uh poppy and cedric um they they had a plan to uh frame harold uh like you said bad egg um and but the the only problem with it was I was I was planning on helping them, but she was supposed to show up uh, on the fifteenth, uh, and um, on March fifteenth, and and never did. So nothing ever came of it. Uh, so I'm not sure what's going on with that. But Fanny, could don't mind ask me frame frame him for what? Uh, trying to get him in a little bit of trouble. And going into some of the details about that plan. Uh, they had mentioned that I needed to to help them out with some stuff, 
uh, and uh, after Harold uh, assaulted me, uh, I was I was certainly for it. And they they wanted me to meet them, uh, and and they never showed up. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, yeah. Well, you guys mm. did the right thing at least of not going to police because they're a bunch of worthless mooks. So you know, next time you get some sort of issue with this with another man, if you need some sort of uh, assistance to come true for you, you just you call you call Paul Wallace. I I appreciate that. Uh, but as you know, I I tend to be able to deal with these these people myself, of course. Yeah. No. 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 Don't. Uh, I don't mean to come off as patronizing. You know, that's not my play here. I always try to check, you know, Clarence, and you could learn a lesson here, try to check your privileges, try to understand the complexities of the situation. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm just offering my assistance as a friend. You understand. I know you know, Fanny. Oh, yes, of course. And, and again, not not uh, saying you're doing anything wrong, just making sure you, you remember that. Uh, you know, <laughs> we all got to get checked from time to time. We all got to make sure we ingrain these lessons. Clarence, I'm looking at you. I know you're an older type. You know, it's just slower <laughs> to come around to these ideas. It's all right. You, you know, old dog, new tricks. It can be done. What do you... Th- he mutters under his breath, pants. <laughs> what was that? You say something? No, no. Yes. Modern women. They're, you know they're I'm hard of hearing. He points at like his totally jacked up ears. Uh, and, uh, in fact, uh, Paul, I know, uh, I've seen you around at various places, but if you, you know, Cedric has, has come to some of the, the women's league meetings. Uh, we have one later this week, if you would, uh, like to, like to attend. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to impose. Uh, I'm not the, uh, I, you know, we, we all each got to walk in our own world, Fanny. <laughs> Uh, yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But maybe, maybe you know, I, I might, I might see you there. You know, I don't know. I got a lot of, uh, I got appointments. I think he sort of like shakes his briefcase a little bit. He's like, you know, I'm a busy man, Fanny. Okay, okay. making moves. <laughs> and she, she winks at you. Uh, oh of- yeah, and Paul like shudders at the idea of being seen at a women's rally or a women's meeting. <laughs> mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Uh, any anything else I can help you, you gentlemen, with? Uh, I don't know there's that much. I mean, just to clarify, you know, you guys have been spending time together and you're familiar, but, uh, she's been, she's been ducking you lately yes. and, uh, she's been getting into some weird stuff and you, you aren't familiar with the kind of stuff she's been getting into, are you? Oh, no. Uh, like I said, uh, I was going to help her before they, they just didn't show up and, and, uh, I have no interest in a, a cult or, or anything like that. Ugh. I have more important things that was to back be doing. March. Right, you're supposed to help him march, and she never—they never showed. Yep. No, no. Yesterday, Paul. No. 15th. No, she said it was in March. Yep. I, right. When I, you're, oh. supposed to, you're supposed to help them frame him in March. Yep. And now, now the one thing uh, I have to verify with this—this this could be a mistype here on this. So, um, I'll—I'll I'll make sure to clarify that for next time, for sure. Oh, okay. So that that just might be an internal uh, error in the the framework of the the story. Yes, it it very well could be like that. I'm I'm working through this from oh, okay, the okay. the first gotcha. draft because of it. <laughs> I'm I got you. I'm terrible with tracking the dates, but like today's the, the this in world. It's May seventeenth. Today is 16th. the sixteenth. Yep. Because I thought she said March sixteenth. So yep, I, I distinctly remember you saying March when we talked about it, but I maybe not have tracked the date properly. I may have at Either the beginning way, of this. Uh, said March and then we wait May, so that that yep, might yep. be no worries. Either way, either way, uh, we'll we'll retcon that part of that conversation didn't happen. He just went. You were supposed to help him and never showed. Yep, cool, got that. 
and again i'll 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 double check that that's that's actually march or if it's supposed to be in may would be yesterday (laughs) yeah that yeah because those changes things Mm -hmm. it does yeah either way um yeah so just like yep you were supposed to help didn't pan out uh they i guess sort of tosses it over to uh to clarence's you got anything no nothing else for me i think that gives us uh a better idea of the relationship here and fanny i'm sure if you knew where where little poppy was uh you'd at least tell us if she was safe and and if she weren't and i know that her mother's very worried so i appreciate you giving us just a little more a little more context and clarity and we'll go about our business and knocks back the rest of his tea and she's like yes and if, if there's you know, uh, while I might not uh, uh, be into the occult like Poppy and and seem Cedric are, uh, I'm I'm certainly worried about her. Not that she's that she's missing. So uh, if it, if there's anything I can do to help, certainly please stop by and and let me know. And and of course, if I hear anything, we I'll, will I'll, do. You you two will be the first ones to know. I'm sure Paul would love to stop by with any updates for you. And Clarence is going to stand up. Psychology roll on her. Just make sure like everything sort of face value on the up and up go ahead yep absolutely well hey that's uh close <laughs> to being real bad um but no i don't i don't get the nope to fail yeah as far as you can tell she's she's being straightforward yeah uh paul will uh finish sipping his tea and then uh sort of uh go to the stand and uh yep awesome well, with that, we'll as you guys are leaving uh, the Boyle residence, uh, we will break here uh, as it's it's now two hours since our start. Um, and with that, uh, thank you everybody for watching. Uh, we plan on playing this uh, next week as well, so we'll continue on with Clarence and Paul trying to figure out what has happened to Poppy next week. Uh, with that, any closing words from from either of you? You have? No, none here. Uh, I'm pretty darn terrified. I don't like that we broke the crystal. And uh, I love the dynamism that we've got between the NPCs. Clarence Clarence wants to go home and play with some stone. He doesn't want to go down this rabbit hole. His skin's skin's crawling. (laughs) I got... uh, uh, I think um, it's... I think it's a good dynamic. Yeah, definitely. I think we've we've established something fun, and uh, you know, it's the hooks in for for Paul. Like you may play it off, but you know, there's a, there's a young lady and maybe in trouble. And uh, it sounds like to to him, the piece he's putting together, like this is this is Harold's fault, and Harold's gonna get what's coming to him. So it was disinterested before, but now it's like, okay, this is a problem I can solve. <laughs> um, and uh, the only thing I have to say is. New York City. New York City. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Yep. Awesome, awesome. All right, everybody, have a good night, and we'll talk to you next week where we will continue the story. Later.